814 podcast. We are we are recording this immediately after the Toronto Blue Jays just had a meltdown of the century against the Houston Astros. I'll start off with the boys. JR, what's up, buddy? How you doing, brother? Not much. Not much at all. That was uh that wasn't what you uh what you hoped for, but at least uh Barrios looked good though. Yep, looked really good. Avery, what about you, buddy? Yeah, tough way to end the series. Um nothing else I can say about that. Just shitty way to end the series. Man. Real shitty way, dude. Like catast- honestly, if we're gonna get legit heroes, catastrophic. <laughs> that game was it was two to one going in or yeah, two to one going into the eighth, and it ended up eight one or seven one or whatever it was. Just an absolute nightmare of a game, but We'll go game by game here. Before that, man, just wanted to give everyone thanks for watching the vlog. I mean, like I said, Judah fucking killed it. Um, Avery, did you get a chance to watch it? Because you said you didn't. Uh... No, I posted it, but I haven't really sat and watched it yet. Wow. That's just dedication to the craft. Just yeah, I could have said anything in there and you would have posted it. 100%. Yeah. No, I have. <laughs> I had no creative control, which I'm fine with. Like, um. <laughs> T-Mac had to tell me that you chirped me and him. No, the I, did, I did not chirp T-Mac. I said T-Mac left at 12.30, which means like he's in like three hours worth of traffic right now. That is all I said. Okay, I didn't yeah. chirp him at all. No, that's I didn't watch it. There's nothing I can you say. What did T-Mac it. say? What do you, you say? He was like, oh, Johnny managed to make fun of both me and you in this night. I did not. Video. He is a little fucking crybaby because I did not make fun he of him. He only said I that watched... to me. He, if he was actually if he actually would have cried, he would have said it to you. Yeah, no, I, I did. I actually yeah. said I said I was with him yesterday. I, I just that's all I said on the vlog, right, Jr. I didn't chirp him in the vlog. Uh, you did make a comment. Um, <laughs> what? I don't think it was meant to be a chirp, but you said he's with his wife or something, or like. No, I he... said he's with the wife. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's all I said. I I I didn't. Uh, I said I he's like think three hours late. Yeah, I didn't chirp. My chirped Avery for just getting the G14 on his foot. I said yeah. I got something on my arm here, and Avery just got a G14 on his foot. That's all I said. That's all I said. So credit to me. I, I didn't chirp Avery at all. But um, I'm excited for Avery to watch it because that's going to be awesome to kind of hear see that uh, first reaction. But Judah killed it, man. It was like literally professionally done. So it looked like it was just we had the sports. Just imagine we had him in St. Louis, though, for all. The, oh. the thing is, you just get a day and you don't get any of like the real shenanigans, which kind of happened at night that night for you yeah. guys. So it's I think. Yeah, the one-off Kikuchi vlog, but if we get like a full weekend of us traveling again with him, we, yeah, yeah, like a, mm-hmm. and his would, camera, that yeah. would be fun. Because people it's would all, think we're uh, celebrities walking the bar of a cameraman. <laughs> well, it's because yeah, it's sick. all the it's all the bullshit like after the game where the stuff gets really funny. So I and even before, to be honest, like just the dumb shit we would say before the game, and then like how the old takes exposed would probably happen, and just it, it would be funny. So I, I'm I'm excited for the future vlogs. Obviously, the vlogs have yeah, done great, great views, great numbers. So thanks to everyone that watched it. Another thing I want to talk about is the picture heard around the world that I posted earlier today. Um, let me pull it up. Our guy Ricky Tiedemann holding a Gate 14 podcast sign. That was so you, awesome. so you guys had you guys didn't know anything about this, right? Because he this guy uh, DM'd it to he me was individually. In, was he in YouTube chat yesterday or something like that? No, I saw he, the, no, I saw no the... he DM'd me individually again. Um, his name is Mike. Shout out Mwags two four two four. He DM'd me individually, and I said it in the stream. I said he gave us a two option. 
Should he yeah, just okay. scream at Josh Donaldson or should he bring a gate 14 side behind home plate for Ricky Tiedemann? And I said, it's a no brainer to bring the Ricky <laughs> Tiedemann sign. So what was your guys first reaction? Cause I never told you guys anything about it. Like besides that, I never told you there was a picture, nothing. I never sent it to you. I just posted it. So what was your first reaction, Avery, when you saw that? Um, I saw, saw the notifications coming in. I was like, what the fuck is this? I couldn't believe it. And then the one we didn't retweet, it was very funny of him holding up the Kikuchi corner style K at the Ricky Tiedemann start in Somerset, um, which I thought I, thought was... I did retweet that. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. And yeah, I saw I... it in the mentions as well, but that was very funny too. Um, I don't know what to say. It just makes me happy, man. Brings a smile to my face seeing Big Dick Rick getting Gate 14 shoved. He down knows his we exist. Like, let's oh, yeah. not beat around I mean, the bush. Text him. You text him once a week. <laughs> no, I, I stopped texting him. I think I deleted his number. I haven't texted him in like five, six days. But yeah, Ricky is a known Johnny Junebug guy. He's my guy. I besides the fact that it's a one-way relationship via text, but he will come on this podcast at some point. And he, I mean, he he if he doesn't know about it, he's just, I mean, he just is like the smartest or not the smartest dude ever. He just has no clue. Like he's just out of touch. Which because is, which is probably a good thing for a guy who's gonna be really good one day. True. Yeah, that's a good point. JR, what did you think? I mean, I was I mean, you're not really you've been a little bit more tapped in on social media. I see you liking tweets and all that type of stuff now. What did you think when you saw the big dick Rick holding the gate 14 sign? Well, I saw the picture from uh, the guy who did it like this morning that he was bringing the sign. But I mean, he just has to know about there's no way he takes that photo without knowing what this guy is holding up. Like it has to be a thing that maybe he's just playing hard to get. Trying oh, to, he's playing. We have game. we have his parents in our back pocket, man. Their Twitter followers. Yeah, they they're they're yeah. they're good. They're a good follow of us. Maybe it's like the inside joke that he's trying to fuck with us. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's like just you don't no take way. a picture like that. Yeah, if you if you don't think it's a good thing, it, yeah. For you sure. know what I mean? Like this fan didn't approach him after the game unless he did. But yeah, I mean, you don't think. I don't think Ricky's going out of his way to take pictures with random people. But I think he noticed the sign and liked the sign. But that's that's just the fucking that's odds. wild. That, that's all time. That's all time. But did it uh, say Big Dick Rick on the sign? No, it said it said Rick Gate fourteen Gate at Gate fourteen podcast wants Ricky. So yeah. that's a great sign. Um, credit to them. Credit to him for doing that. Honestly, he didn't have that to do awesome. that to us. And a picture of me coaching kids baseball has been tweeted. Uh, Where? <laughs> On the Twitter. Um, yeah, so let's I <laughs> so let's Who go on that. Skylar, uh God, that's a bad pick. Uh that's a fucking nightmare. That is that is catastrophic. <laughs> but uh yeah, let's yeah. go into some let's go into some that's of the Jays talk. Immediately. <laughs> let's go into some of the Jays talk here, man. Uh so having Gossman got his dick shoved in. Well, like that was one of the weirdest Kevin Gossman starts I think I've ever seen in his time as a Toronto Blue Jay. I mean, he got shelled, shelled in that first inning. He was kind of good the rest of the game, but that first inning was catastrophic. <laughs> it was nightmare fuel, um, as as they would say. But to me, uh, I kind of had to watch it back. We had a uh, hockey Monday night, and then I watched it back, and either it was you they were only swinging at balls they saw up out of the hand, and they just refused to swing at the slide or at the splitter outside of the zone. And uh, maybe they knew it was coming based on how he had tipped because we remember a pitch tipping issue last season. Um, it was a Minnesota start randomly. He got crushed. And I remember he like went to a bigger glove after that. He went to the mega mitt. We tweeted the bench yes. warmers 
picture of Kevin Gosman on the mega mitt because he was tipping his pitches. Um, so yeah, something similar to that. Maybe it was just a really awesome approach they had. So it was either tipping or a great Asher's approach. Uh, they just hit him. I, I had the numbers on all his pitches were the same. It's a classic major league baseball start where the hitters were just the best hitters game in the plan. world. Yeah. When was the last time the Toronto Blue Jays had a good game plan against the pitcher? <laughs> what was the last time the Jays put up like an eight spot? Has that happened this year? Has the Jays besides the opening day have the Jays put up an eight spot yet? Um yeah, the Angels game, uh the extra Tigers games. game too. Tigers, Angels, yeah. They put up they've put up two games with over eight runs in the last like whatever it has been. Yeah, three games this year with over eight runs. What did, but... what did you think of Gosman? Um, Johnny? I thought he was good. I mean, besides that first inning, he settled in. Clearly, he saw something on film that he was doing and settled in, but you can't do that going up against a guy like Christian Javier. No. You you give Christian Javier two runs, you're done. It's game, it's Jover. It's game over. You give Christian Javier two runs. There's just you might as well just fucking leave the field. He's just he is a freak. That dude is a freak. Yeah, we saw some of that World Baseball Classic too. Fuck the Houston Astros having that homegrown talent is just a testament of how good that front office is and how good it's been. And so that's why they're on a playoff streak like they're on and they win world championships consistently. Um, but now we got now we got one of their guys. So hoping that the Jays turn that around as well. Would you okay, here we go. Hypothetical. Would you if 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 James Click it was like either I'm the general manager or I'm fucking out of here, do you fire Ross Atkins? Yeah. Without a doubt, snap of a finger, he's done. I didn't have to really think about that. I, think I don't know so? what I don't really know what Click did in the Astros organization. So I'm being um like I'm not really taking any facts there, but for me on the surface level, for yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean he won a world he, series. He had a interview with someone recently this week where he said he could see himself in the role he's in right now for a very long time. He doesn't mean that. <laughs> he doesn't fucking mean that. That's like I'm fine being second fiddle for the rest of my life. That's what he's pretty much saying. Yeah, I'm which is like I'm fine watching my wife fuck someone else for the rest. Yeah, of the that's time. that's what that is. That's exactly what he is saying. But I guess yeah, if he's if he if he wants to if if we can pay him to just do that, then there you go. Take but it. We don't Take... know what he does. I don't know what he does, but I'm fine with him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. I, it was uh. He is a freak. I I I need need more James Click. I'm a part of the Click Clan. Yep. Um, yeah, Blue I'm all Clicks Clan. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We will not be starting that one. Uh, but Jr. Man, I mean, obviously you got to watch that game on Monday or see at least highlights of it. The Jays off. What are your thoughts on this Jays offense? Because it is just tonight. Obviously, we'll talk about it in a little bit. It is just the most hot and cold offense, inconsistent offense I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Yeah, it's uh I mean, I don't blame the offense for the like those games like that just get out of hand the first inning. Those have to be the worst. Yes. Yeah. As a hitter. Like when you're losing by eight, everyone's trying to force something, and then it's just like it's just brutal as a hitter. But you're right though, it's been super hot and cold. But, like, it could have easily have broke out tonight, even with that base of load, no outs. I mean, George hit that ball. George hit that ball hard. Yeah. Um. Bo, 
Bo going down 0-1 in a huge spot because he fucking is taking forever to get to the plate is just ridiculous. But yeah, we'll yeah, we'll talk about that for um, sure. That, that was so dumb. But yeah, I think it's just it, it is a little concerning, but I think I'm more I'm more concerned about the consistency in this starting pitching. Just not even giving really ourselves a chance. I mean but two I know out of Barrios, three games I know. quality starts. Yeah, two of the two to three, but the but the odd games that are like the games over in the first, like those are terrible. Those are brutal. Yeah, those really kill a series. They kill yeah. your bullpen. Nothing really nothing good comes from the uh seven run first innings. Yeah, like the we, opposition. Yeah, we can't have this For sure. thing going on where it's like a pitcher's hot or a pitcher's really cold. Like it's just someone's gotta just be consistent across the board. Most of the like well, like three of the five pitchers need to be like that. Right now, the only one who's like that is Kikuchi. So it's crazy to say that the uh, <laughs> the one stat going a, around Twitter this morning, I believe, was the Jays had over a nine ERA in the first inning. No, <sighs> it's eleven fifty after which, that Gosselin start, which is over nine. Yeah, true. I okay, yeah, I that's know. a good exactly. loophole. No. I, I guess you could have inflated it a little bit, Dave, and just said over 11. Yeah, yeah, you over, know? over 10, over 11, uh, 11, 5. Um, but when people say that, it's like, do they correlate with what's actually happening, right? Like, it's it's something that clearly is a stat. Like, the stat is there. It is quantifiable data. But what do you get from that, right? Like, how do you game plan differently in the first inning you're facing their best hitters right away so usually that's gonna help like you're going to get hurt more in that situation you think so for me it's like we get that stat it's like yeah kind of sucks but how as much as i want to blame pete walker for everything bad the pitching staff does i mean i don't i don't really know what to say to that do you guys take any take that into account or care not right really that just, early like, in the like, season. Like what JR said is a great point. I mean, you could rag on this offense all you want, this offense, this, this offense, that. But when your pitching staff goes out there like they did on Manoa on Sunday, giving up four, whatever, in the first, and when Gossman gives up eight in the first on Monday, what the fuck are the hitters supposed to do? Not even the greatest hitters on planet Earth can have the mindset to be like, oh, we're going to come back from this shit. Like it's it just such a – it's such a – Black your hole. momentum yeah it kills every moment every ounce of momentum you have and you saw tonight the jays crawl back 2-1 bases loaded obviously get out of it or like they don't score another run to tie it up but you have a chance to hold and to still give your hitters a chance down 2-1 or 3-1 or whatever it was at the time you put in adam simber which we will talk about which was dumb as fuck and he gives up a moon bomb and the jays are down 8-1 before you can even blink your eyes it's just the pitching is not it, – it's the it's a mixture of the hitting and the pitching, but there's not much pitching to rag about um, from that Astro series. I mean, Kevin Gossman obviously was terrible in the first, settled in, did a good job for the rest of the game, kind of ate up some innings. Chris Bassett – we'll talk about this game now, game two. Chris Bassett, that is why you pay a veteran pitcher, man. Just so many pitches – just an absolute baller was touching 95, right? Abe, you said that on the stream. Yeah, it was he hit 94, 95 for sure. I'll, I'll look 95, it. I think it was. It's just he settled in, looked great, and that's why you pay veteran pitchers, man. And he honestly, it was just it was it was a start the Toronto Blue Jays needed, especially going from Manoa to Gossman, back to back shit starts. Chris Bassett settles in and looks fucking great. 
I'm all in on the Chris Bassett train, man. I really am. He's a really he's a veteran pitcher and has looked really, really good since that first start. Three quality starts after it. So that that game was awesome, man. Yeah, two, game, I, two different pitches that were 94-7 from Chris Bassett after he was struggling to touch 90 in the spring. And I guess it's a little bit different because we hear him in the spring saying, oh, I'm going to work up into my velocity. And as someone who we hadn't seen transition for, transition from spring training to the regular season, and we just see 90 consistently kind of in his first start, you get shelled, you start to worry. But maybe we should have trusted the guy a little bit more when he said he was going to figure it out. But fuck, man, it, that's I know this is such an old man thing to say, like. My dad, I would go downstairs and be like, fuck, like that's how you pitch a baseball game. Someone throwing 92, just attacking the zone all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, dad, but I want to see fucking Mason Miller throwing 100 mile an hour cutters instead. He's like, no, like that's just how it's done right there. You Sometimes the it's kind of cool to watch that type of baseball. 100%, 100% as well. It's They're a dying breed of pitcher, I think, of a guy who's going to throw eight different fucking pitches all the time. But it's exciting, man. You attack the zone, you get the defense in, and it's quick innings like that. You get the team back up to the plate, and then you can see keep rolling that momentum all the time. Shows what throwing strikes does for you in baseball. As much as I love the velocity, but attacking guys is always going to be your... Correct me if I'm wrong here, Abe, but um, I think a massive part of that being a dying breed now is the implementation, credits me big word, of baseball savant, fan graphs, all that stuff showing, oh, this guy hits 99, is sitting 100. There, if you are a prospect, let's say a middle-tier prospect that's throwing low 90s, high 80s, but can eat up innings, there's no hype surrounding you. Name me another prospect in baseball that has a shit ton of hype but does not touch over 94, 95 for a team. It's, it's a dying breed because that's how the social media, it's like the Mason Miller type, like you said, who does walk a decent amount of guys, is getting hyped up, all that type of stuff. But you probably have a guy that's in AAA right now in some whatever organization throwing 92 with like a 280 DRA that's not getting hyped up at all and not even getting a chance. You see it all the time. Yeah, the the reason those breeds go further is because there's more variables going into You can, the higher the velocity gets, the harder for them it is to hit and the more you can fuck up and not need pinpoint control pretty much at the big league level that's why they think they're going to take those chance on those guys all the time but you're definitely right those guys who get there gonna take a little longer for them to get their opportunities but the numbers in baseball will always play like sure the velocity is going to be your first look right away when you're looking at a prospect right it's like how hard does this guy throw what is his pitches spin rates that type of stuff but then you go to the stats like people still look at stats for a reason you look at fip um sierra strikeout minus walk rate at that point if you're in the organization already because the velocity and the spin rate stuff is a lot for the draft i think and once you get in there it's like hey these numbers are great you're getting people out at a consistent rate that's how i think you move up the minor league uh totem pole pretty quick so i think for us as twitter people the savant and the fangraph stuff will never change that's what you drool over but it is i maybe a dying breeze the wrong word for it but it's the way baseball seemed to have been played for a long time of uh, guys who could run it up to 88 fucking Greg Maddox style and just get people out. And I think the nostalgia of that is what all the old people love. Yeah. I, it, it's definitely like a discussion point. Cause I mean, there's guys here that I'm fuck. We had Alec Manoa last year, man. Same shit. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is like, from a standpoint of that, I mean, he was a first round draft pick and stuff like that, but 100%. I'm just speaking in terms of like, 
a guy like Marco Estrada, right? Number yeah. like velocity doesn't fucking go off of the charts, obviously, with that. If he was a prospect in today's society, would he be talked about? Would he be a massive guy? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It, it, it's it, a lot of these guys think that, about Ross Stripling, too. Similar. Yeah, like that, that's what I'm saying. It's just it, it's a weird conversation. It's a conversation that has to be had because, but you got to these think, guys, like, are, Drew Hutchison pitched big league innings last year. There is room for guys who are still good. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely a discussion to be had. And I, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know where we're like, why the Jays just continue to roll these guys out there like Trevor Richards and Adam Simber and stuff like that. When a guy that fucking JR has been obviously ha- talking about for years now, Nate Pearson is shoving in AAA. I don't know what more this guy has to do. He's sitting 98-99, has a sub-2-5 ERA, is striking out the sides now. He has done what he needs to do. Why isn't that guy getting a chance? What, like, I don't understand what the move is here with like latching on to guys like Trevor Richards, like latching on to guys like Adam Simber. Sure, you can show me all the fucking numbers in the book. I'll never like Adam Simber. I just don't know why we're doing this like why are we keep why do we keep throwing these guys out there when you have jay jackson nate pearson like these guys who have proven to be good like they deserve at least a chance and we're not giving them a chance yeah the best thing for relief pitchers in baseball is having options pretty much being good and having options and having roster flexibility and you don't have that with trevor richards at all for me it's nate pearson is stretched out to be your long man for a team that doesn't have a long man until mitch white comes back um so it's Kind of missing that. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page that Trevor Richards can go to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a good guy. That's just I'm, I'm good <laughs> seeing him. Yeah, I think he had a good outing against the Rays again, right? But it's just like the upside is so much higher with Nate, someone who could even probably spot start for this team. Yeah, uh, and I know we're great recapping the series, but I want to go a little bit off thing here. We got to talk about Nick Frasso. <laughs> um, I don't want this to, is man. going to go down. In my opinion, and I I remember I made a TikTok about him was getting body bagged by these burner accounts about it, or like they thought they were just bringing up these random advanced stats. He fucking rules. <laughs> like I was watching that video. Nick Frasso for Mitch White is one of the craziest trades this front office has ever done, right? Making a trade with the Houston Astros or the Los Angeles Dodgers almost guarantees that you've been fleeced somehow. If they're willing to do a deal for a prospect, you you. Oh, I'm up. looking at his numbers. Oh, this is bad. He's, this is a. He's gonna be a top 100 prospect, and he's gonna <laughs> pitch potentially in the big leagues this year. I said it right away too. Um, before Mitch Wright got here, it's like that's not the guy I really want to get rid of. So, probably a horrific trade if Nick Frasso uh, turns out to be a good major league arm. Um. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. It, yeah, I mean, let's look, and, and for the people who don't know who he is. Nick Frasso right now is in Double A. He's in '98. Uh, he has a one three eight ERA this year. Thirteen innings pitched, eighteen punches, one point one five WHIP. His ML, his minor league career, he has a one six three ERA in seventy two innings with a hundred and two strikeouts and a point nine seven WHIP. This is a guy the Toronto Blue Jays traded for Mitch White. Let's just make that clear. Because there was might people be forget- real life better than Mitch White when they got traded for each other. <laughs> I can't believe that trade. It was insane. You and you, you, I didn't know who Nick Frasso was. You were the guy that brought it up when that trade happened. You're like, the Jays traded Nick Frasso. <laughs> it was insane. It was it just was, it was kind of I'm not huge into the prospects. I 
my brain would go fucking nuts if I just started getting into more prospect stuff. You should get into prospects, Shannon. I mean, I You'd be in fucking, a rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't have the time or I don't have the clips like our good friend. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, clipped by you know who. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh I, it's it's a, it's a weird situation, especially seeing Nick Frasso uh, absolutely just carve in the minor leagues and just doing it at every single level. It sucks. But let's go back we, to the what game. Is, what is Mitch up to these days? I don't know. I seriously don't know. I saw he threw like a simulated game or something like that a couple days ago. I really don't know. Hashtag where's Mitch? Hashtag where's Mitch? Great. But um, going back to the game, I mean, that game on Tuesday, um, Matt Chapman just fucking rules. He just fucking rules, man. I, I think if we did like AI simulations or they looked at every episode we've had this season those exact words have come out of your mouth every single episode it's just he like the thing is and obviously i'm a i consider myself like a decently optimistic guy like i've been pretty optimistic on the tiktoks and all that type of stuff like that he just i just continue to wait for him to regress and regress and regress and he just doesn't like he's hitting 397 i it's insane. I, I I couldn't believe it. And then you have Vladdy hitting opposite field nukes again, which is just, I mean, he's hitting 338. The middle of the order is doing what they have to do. The only guy that I'm really disappointed in is fucking Dalton Varsho. That's the only guy I'm really disappointed in who I had really high expectations for. The rest of the guys, I mean, George Springer hitting 208. What the fuck? But he's been hitting the ball really hard, so you can kind of like forgive it and stuff like that. But yeah, that middle of the order is special, man. Who would you say is... Besides Matty Chopsticks, like the guy in the order that is really impressing you so far, Jr. Um, I mean, Bo's an easy one, but that at bat tonight is just gonna fucking yeah, that hurt my brain. Was, was brutal, but I mean, it just seems like he's. I mean, we saw some pretty down times last year, even though he led led in hits. But I mean, he, there was a he point was where he was by one month. Yeah, he was terrible at one point. Um, but he's come off like he, you could just tell, man, he's confident. He's confident as hell at the plate. Um, another guy is probably, uh, I mean, I've liked Kevin Kiermaier. I love his approach. I think he's just taking this, like, I mean, the Jays have kind of needed someone like this. Just like a keep... fucking mentality at the plate. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna like he doesn't give a off. fuck about hitting. He doesn't give a fuck about hitting extra base hits. Like he's just looking to get on base. So. He's. I think he's gonna be. I mean, obviously, there he's due for some regression, but I don't think his regression will be like as bad as I still think he's gonna be walking. I still think he'll be bunting more if he's not hitting sure. well. So like, he's definitely a smart hitter. So I think that Kevin Kiermaier is looking like a really good signing. Kind of balances out how bad Belt's been. What about you, uh, Abe? Who, who's uh besides obviously chapsticks? Who's impressing you the most? Uh, Vlad's approach was something that was really like exciting at the start of the season, and that was a great at bat he had tonight. By the way, people mm-hmm. are ragging on him. That was like a twelve pitch at bat, yeah, against one of the best closers or relievers he, in the, the game. The worst part is they swung at a ball to get out too. Yeah, for something that he hasn't really. I was reading a Fangraphs article kind of on his swing decisions and stuff. Um, that's been really good. So if you guys like that, check that out on Fangraphs. Um, but yeah, for me, it's been Vlad. We do want to see him elevate the ball more pull side um pull side home runs but if you're going to be able to backside home runs as well as often as he can the way he hits the ball good at bats just not getting himself out as a again he's a fucking young guy at the plate learning how to be a professional hitter and he's really really fucking good at that so uh vlad again once we get the home run 
angle up again and we get some again full side home runs from Vlad that are awesome to watch that he hits 500 feet that's going to happen at some point this year and the home run uh hot streak is going to start yeah for me I'm going to go outside of the box I've been tweeting propaganda about him and then he have again proved me right tonight is Whit Merrifield guys hitting 314 the most sneaky 314 hitter on this team it's just a guy that is supposed to be at the bottom of the order playing every day 314 average, 351 on base, and 392 slugging percentage. If that, if someone like that can produce at the bottom of the order for you, I'm going to take that 10 times out of 10. Whit Merrifield has looked fucking awesome. He stole a base today, and I'm going to count that as a stolen base, but that umpire, I don't know what the fuck the video review guy was doing there. His hand just did never, never came off the base. It was the most dumb shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. So I'm going to go with him, but yeah, it was just... um. I don't know. It was, it, I'm really impressed with him. So I, I really do like what Merrifield. I do want him to play every single day as he should. I think he's earned that spot. Um, but yeah, that, that's been my guy. So let's talk about the game today. Um, Jose Barrios talked to Pedro Martinez and turned into Pedro Martinez. <laughs> it was his last two starts post Pedro Martinez throwing out the first pitch have been insane. Like 2021 mm-hmm. Jose Barrios esque. It's he gives up these hits and he just bounces back with a double play ball. That's what he, that's what he did the last two games against two really good teams. So man, did he look good tonight, dude, man, did he fucking look good tonight? And the Jays took him out of the game, which I guess, I don't know if I disagree with it or not, but whatever at 77 pitches through seven innings. That's like three starts in a row. He hasn't got to 80 pitches. I'm pretty sure. Right. Because angels, how many pitches was he at? 77 pitches through seven innings. And he was cooking and they took him out. Cooking, JR. Yeah, that's that's weird. To... And if you're going to take him out, yeah, take him out you're for Swanson. take him out and put for Swanson. In. Yeah, like you should be for, like, I get it. You want to try uh, pop and high leverage, but why a situation like that? That's just a forced situation at that point. Like, you guys Arios could have went. Let's hear it, Dave. Only 16% forcing fastballs today. Wow. Wow. You know, wow. You know what it was also, though, with Barrios? Was the Barbarian Steakhouse in Toronto. Yeah, that's where he was. Because he went there to eat. That's where he was at. We, me and drunk JR walked past, and this guy said that he was there. But, Avery, that's going to be a good thing for maybe you could, we can get out, get, on, get out on the account tomorrow is just 16% four seams. And, the, and he threw a four seam today that got launched into hell. Did off he? the off the top of the wall in center, yeah. At in uh at obviously minute 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 made park, which is like far as fuck to center. He yeah. just that ball got shot on, and then he just never. So threw you it again. you look at um the average exit velocities. I wasn't able to watch his start. I was at practice today, but just looking at the stats here, the average velocity exit velocity on his slurve eighty two sinker ninety three seven four seam ninety four five, and then change up eighty one four. She's like breaking balls have been his bread and butter, which has helped. Obviously, you need to throw some fastballs and mix it up a little bit. But the uh, that's definitely a big time change. He almost threw fifty percent slurves today. Holy shit! Forty nine percent. He threw thirty eight of them. I love this Jose Barrios. I love this version of Jose Barrios. He looks awesome, and he actually like you know before you could tell he just wasn't confident throwing stuff. Now when he's on the mound, he's like, "Give me that fucking." Oh, I'm ball an back. idiot. I was doing average pitch velocity. Oh no! Oh, um, Shen pop. Oh no! No no! The, oh, the sinker guy was great. goes down. The sinker was great, man. The slurve average exit velocity seventy nine. 
sinker 69 and a half. The average exit velocity on his forcing fastball, 99 miles an hour. Wow. Yeah. And then Holy the shit. change of 76. Maybe that, is the, maybe that is the track. He throws it less, and then he can throw 100. <laughs> no, 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 no. They hit it 100 off. Oh, <laughs> I thought you said he was throwing it. I had fucked it up. I was looking at his velocities before. JR, no, dude. Exit velocity. Yeah, that's fucking funny, dude. Yeah, I, I we'll see. It was a good start. Hopefully, he can just keep gaining this momentum and keep having this confidence because, like I said, man, he does look awesome. So, I got – I. it's positive. You just muted yourself, pal. It seems like we have a uh, mic turnoff situation. Sounds like a there. mic turnoff. So I'll go through something that I like to look at again on the pitches. The sinker, the zone contact percentage of the sinker was only 60%, which I think is super good. Johnny, it just sounded like it turned off, buddy. Is my mic on? There You're we go. On. Okay, but on. what I was saying was the only guy out of the starting pitchers that has looked like shit is Alec Manoa. Yeah, at least like the other pitch, no, yeah. no, that that has consistently looked like shit. Because yeah. let's let let's be clear here. That start he had against the Royals, he walked the fucking house. Like let's not let's let's be as clear as possible. He walked the entire fucking everyone there. So you want to go look- through the uh, Barstool Carl video that he made? Yes, I, yeah. That, thank you for bringing that up. I actually wanted to, I had that written in my notes here. Barstool Carl brought up a good point. I hate to say it. I was mad at Hobbs for just saying it without stats. He said it like and... a dickhead, though. Yeah, he said it like a dickhead. Barstool and you called Carl... him out for being a dickhead. Yeah, Barstool Carl said it respectfully where he brought up stats and numbers behind it. So if you, if no one saw this video, ideally what he was talking about in the video was last year, Alec Manoa's pitch pace, or in between pitch pace, was one of the worst in baseball. He had one of the highest. And now, um, I don't know if people notice when he's, pitching but he's always waiting to like the last second to throw it's really catching up to him um and now he's what was what did he say Avery about it being right now it was something along the lines of where he's no, still he, the, he was the slowest pitcher in all of baseball with runners on base like starting pitcher with runners on base he was just taking forever between pitches I don't think it's a catch the breath type thing I'm a big guy who played it wasn't a catch your breath thing it's a more mentality focus based thing and then you get sped up and that's when things start to kind of rumble out of control. And then, sure, maybe there's some fatigue in there, but I don't. Alec Manoa has pitched at, as a big guy his whole life. It doesn't. It doesn't change. Running poles isn't going to help that be any different. Um, so, but he's just been a slow guy his whole life. It's like uh, that. Fuck was a uh, Pedro Baez video. They always show of him against the uh, the Cubs in like the NLCS 2017 taking him two minutes to throw one pitch. It's just like some guys function that way. And Carl brought up relevant stats saying that Alec Manoa was slow last year and the pitch clock may have sped him up to lead to some some other issues, which was the right way to say it, which is yes. why. The, the correct way with stats where no one can try to body bag you. Yeah. He brought up the stats and he's right. <laughs> I The regression was always going to be there. We knew that. But the fact that he is like, statistically um with the pace of play is really fucking him is um is 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 insane to me so it, credit to him for actually doing the research on that and stuff like that so because I, I don't know it's he, he was right he's right obviously if you watch alec manoa pitch and t-max said that right Abe? he said it looks like when he's watching him pitch he's like rushing himself to the last second to get ready to go yeah. so that's you something think to look- rushing yourself would lead to some uh mechanical 
issue for a guy who has probably pretty great mechanics when you're in the big leagues at that level, right? Yeah, for sure. So that's something to look for look to on Saturday. I think it's Garrett Cole versus Manoa. Fuck. We need if we if we know what's good for us, we need an Alec Manoa outing from from last season so bad. So bad. But before we go into this Yankee series, I want to talk about John Schneider. John Schneider has not has been the most brain dead fucking manager with the bullpen decisions this year that I have ever seen since our old boy Charlie Montoya was at the helm fucking last year. He makes Charlie Montoya look like a genius right now. So let's go into some of this break. Let's break some of this down here. So today's game, Jose Brio's carving fine, whatever. That's he was carving at 77 pitches. I, I don't disagree with going to the bullpen. Eric Swanson hasn't thrown a ball for the Toronto Blue Jays in what? Three days? Three days, maybe? Let me look it up. Let me look when was the last time Eric Swanson threw a baseball. The last time Eric Swanson threw a pitch was April 15th. So five days tomorrow. Five days tomorrow, Eric Swanson hasn't thrown a pitch. And going into the Yankee series on Friday, that's going to be six days without throwing a professional game baseball. Eric Swanson. Charlie Montoya, or Charlie, John Montoya, we'll call him, goes in today's game. Jays are down 2-1, right? Obviously, the fucking bases loaded blunder. We'll talk about that in a second. And he puts in Zach Pop, who he has just fucking thrown in the most random situations, down 10, down 5, down 2, up 1, up 2. Zach Pop has no idea what the fuck his role is. He throws Zach Pop in that situation when you have a guy who you literally fucking traded one of your best power hitters for, rotting in the bullpen, who hasn't thrown since last fucking Saturday, and you throw Zach Pop, who's thrown every fucking blowout game the Jays have had this year. He has no idea what his role is. And you let Eric Swanson not even get warm, not even throw. He was warming up in like the third inning, for fuck's sakes. And then when Zach Pop has a meltdown, you put in fucking Adam Simber, and you, you let... Eric Swanson rot on the fucking bench yet again, and Adam Simber gives up a goddamn moon missile to Jeremy Pena. I have no fucking idea what John Schneider did today. This was a classic disaster class. A classic fucking disaster class from John Schneider today. That's all it was. Well, who's been the one constant between John Schneider and Charlie Montoyo in the last 12 years? Peter Walker. Piss drunk Pete. You got to think he's the main guy in making these decisions. He handles yeah. his job is to handle the pitching staff. Uh, like John Schneider was a catcher, I believe, right? Coming up. Yeah. So he kind of understands how to handle a pitching staff. I think he's putting his trust in Pete as his guy. And it's that. Like, you can't make brain-dead... Every guy makes the same brain-dead decisions all the time. Or maybe you can, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's just fucking Pete, man, always in their ears as well. And again, you may, I, you made an awesome point. Maybe one of your best points of all time, Johnny, is that he doesn't know his role. Um, Zach Pop, you pitch him in games when you should be throwing position players um, sometimes. And then you put him in the eighth inning against the reigning World Series champions. Sure, you definitely need to get vetted in that situation if you're Zach Pop, and that's what you want to do. And he's gained some of that trust. But you brought in Eric Swanson and the numbers. He's gotten 
hit a little bit hard, but he's still 90th percentile expected batting average guy, 90th percentile whiff guy. If that's, that's why net, you trade for guys like that, though. Hundred percent. That situation. Hundred percent. There's no reason to trade for a low leverage reliever, Teoscar Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, this the dumbest shit of all time. So, um, they need to do some money ball, telling them to put Scott Hatterberg in at first base more often. And then you you go out and you trade uh, Carlos Pena, so you can play Hatterberg at first. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's just got to be Pete in their ears, man. It's funny how uh, Egan. Keegan tweeted yesterday and said he talked to Snyder about pop and he made a comment pretty much saying <laughs> pretty much hyping him off and saying that we have to use him more in high leverage. And then the next day they use him in the high leverage, which is just funny. Uh, but there's just like an unnecessary. Like, I just didn't think like Johnny said, I mean, I guess maybe the plan was to use Swan- Swanson in the ninth. I don't know. Super weird. But then Jordy but, hadn't pitched days in a row. So, yeah, that is just. It's. And they have an off day tomorrow, which is yeah, even they more have an frustrating because now like... Swanson is going to go six days without pitching in a big league game. Like, do you think Eric Swanson's there? Like, wh- what am I here for? What the fuck am I here for? Do you think he's at least saying that in the back of his mind? Because he's just going to the park every day just to go to the park and watch fucking baseball. That's what he's doing. It's. It's it's not the it's not a good luck. I mean, he's thrown in nine games. How many games have we played? Twenty. Yeah, but he hasn't pitched. I like I guess I guess it's the timeline of him not pitching in a while that's really pissing me off. I guess, but whatever. We'll see. We'll see what this weekend. But yeah, tough series. Obviously, that Boba Shet. We got to be better there. George Springer, great at bat, line drive. Mm-hmm. I expect the batting average is seven fifty. I believe it was on his hit. Can't get him out of George on that. Can't get him out of Laddie for that at bat. Besides swinging out a ball on three two. It's it was just the Boba Shet meltdown. I mean, he he the bat bat didn't even start and he was down 0 1 to one of the best relievers in baseball. It was just like, what are we doing here? Like, at least know the moment a little bit. You are playing in a game with a pitch clock and you go down 0 1. What the fuck are we doing? That was dumb. That was that was that was disaster class. That was terrible. Yeah, that can't that was I mean I mean that ruins your at bat. I mean, she fouls off something and then you down oh two just like that. <laughs> yeah. Like just like this this at bat's done. Like yeah. and like a crucial time. Like, okay, George gets out. That was just unfortunate. He crushes the ball, but you gotta get a run in. Like you gotta you gotta put something in the air here. And then and Jordan Bowden, right? Yeah. Going down oh one is huge in that spot when you're just trying to when you're just trying to get a run in any way, any way possible. And the only thing you can't have is a strikeout um, is on your mind, but it's, it's bad. I mean, that, it's just a tough look with no outs, bases loaded. We could have definitely have, we just gotta, we gotta play better ball than that. Yeah. It was bad. Especially was, when your top of the order is up. With those no, aren't no outs as, as daddy ball bushly as it is, those aren't game winning at bats from both. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Vladdy and George kind of had those at bats, but it was Bo mm-hmm. um, that didn't have one like that. Yeah, the guy you over yeah, like Vlad, Vlad probably gets it. Like Vlad's at bat was really good. He'll get that like, done. He'll get that done. Bo, right? Like he gets that run in even with Buddy 
that little thing. He'll get that done at some point this year. He was kind of chasing all over the zone as soon as he got down 0-1. Yeah, he really wanted to chase mode, which was bad against Brian Abreu. He's a freak. So, yeah. yeah. So, let's go into... I would be shocked if Bo doesn't have more good at-bats than bad at-bats this season in that situation. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, let's go into the Yankee series. And then, we rely on our season, Yusei Kikuchi again. (laughs) Again. Kikuchi bumped day on Friday, season on the line. I want Igudala. I want Yusei Kikuchi. Yusei Kikuchi versus the domestic abused piece of shit Domingo Herman on Apple TV. Piece of shit human being. Um, it's all up to Yusei for Friday, man. I do not like these matchups this weekend. I'll be <laughs> honest with you, man. They are they're piss poor. We're uh, so we'll go with game Besides one Sunday. Sunday's good. Sunday should be good. But Kikuchi versus Herman, Manoa versus Garrett Cole. Oh fuck, Garrett Cole is a point nine five ERA, and he's four zero. Uh, and then Gossman versus whoever goes after Cole. I don't know who goes after Cole in that rotation. Um, Nestor's let's go game by game. game. What? It's probably Nestor. Would it not be? Oh, it is Nestor. Nestor versus Gossman. Um, on the Sunday. So let's go. Uh, let's series prediction here. I mean, game one. I'm. I'm going to throw the must-win tag on it. It's not Nestor, by the way, because Nestor's pitching tomorrow. Interesting. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to go... Schmidt, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to go game one's must-win. Can we Can we throw the must... There are for, we've thrown two must-win tags. We're not even a month in. Can we throw the must-win tag on this, Avery? Is that crazy? Um, yeah, it's crazy. We're in April. <laughs> <laughs> We're in April above 500. Okay, but it's still must-win for me. Um... Where do you stay? What do you think happens to series Avery? Because we're our, just pray for our mentions. Yeah. If they, if they, if they me, yeah. dude, Saturday could be a bloodbath. Oh. Yes. Saturday's going to be really bad. I'm just going to get ahead of this. I might, I might sign out of the gate 14 Twitter and just let the <laughs> trolls go at it. What do you guys think? What do you think? What do you think this series is going to end up as? Okay. I'll go. Uh, fuck. What was our record at Yankee stadium last year? Didn't we sweep the Yankees first series last year there? I was or, something like that. I don't remember. It was all a blurred against that fucking team. I remember Aaron Judge walking it off off Jordan Romano. I don't, okay, that was later on, though. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Vladdy three homer game. I'll go two and one. Kikuchi and Gossman? No, I don't think Kikuchi wins. <laughs> I think. I think I'm going to go with Alec Manoa finding a way to get it done when his back is firmly against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> firmly planted against the wall. He has rumblings as the worst qualified pitcher in Major League Baseball. Um, and he finds a way to get it done. And then Kevin Gosman gets back on his bullshit. Okay. All right. Jared, what are you saying? I'm saying one and two. Yeah, I'm gonna go one and two also. I'm gonna say they win on uh mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna say they win the Kikuchi start, lose the next two. I I actually, but wait a second. The Yankees don't have a number two guy. I just looked. It was Ian Hamilton who started that game that would be lining up for that. I'm going to fucking turn around. I'm going to say two and one. I'm going to say they win Gossman, win Kikuchi Day, lose Manoa. Because Garrett Cole is just on a, is just on another planet right now. Yeah, the best pitcher be, in baseball. It would off. It would be awful if uh, he had some regression on Saturday. Yeah, that would suck. Really that would terrible. definitely suck. But the Jays do show out against those Yankees, man. They do. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go winners and losers, but I feel like we already talked about, like, we already went. I think we should do losers, though. 
are the losers of this week. Yeah. John Schneider's obviously mine again. Um, who's yours, Avery? That's that's gonna get cut. We are gonna get yeah, that's getting cut. So say say another one. I just want I just want JR that JR executive decision two v two v three that has to get cut right. Cut. Cut that. Oh, you say another one. Season, just, at least it's easier for you to edit. It's right at the end. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. That's the only one I thought of. Um. How about no? Get back to me. Okay, JR. Who's yours? Mine is Simber. That's a good one. Shit. Like not Biggio pitch in front of his dad, JR or Avery. Yeah, what? that's a tough look. Like <laughs> yeah, the old father. That's never good. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we haven't mentioned Simber. Yeah, Simber's you know? a good one. J- Avery, so who's your brand new one? Okay, my brand new one is uh I mean he actually played okay. I'll go Brandon Belt again. I just I'm out on him, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's he's bad. He's the hit and run was maybe the best highlight of the whole week. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I couldn't be more out on him. But anyways, we will see you guys for fucked up Friday. Uh Yankees Jays stream. I'm pumped for it. We're one and oh and fucked up. Is that up actually the name? Yeah, fucked up Friday. With Gate 14. Um, I'm pumped for it. We're 1 0 on the fucked up Friday streams. Technically 2 0 because we were at the Rays game. And I know we didn't get after it, so it doesn't count. But thank you guys for listening. Thanks for running up the numbers on that vlog. Uh, keep going, man. We're going to keep pushing the content out for everyone. Love you guys. Gate 14 forever.